Welcome to The Sound of Peace. This is Benjamin. I am pumped about this episode. We started this podcast really with the goal of connection in mind. We wanted to share stories, to share the heart behind what it is we do as a school. And as a school, Peace Prep could not and would not be what it is without the incredible teachers and staff that show up day in and day out and bring their whole full selves into the space with joy. And so this episode's guest, Vanja Thompson, or Miss Vanja to her students, has been with Peace since our second school year. I've had the pleasure of not just watching her work in the classroom, but getting to know her as the braider extraordinaire of my daughter's hair, and she's taught four of my children in some form or fashion over the last five years. She's a passionate educator, a wife, mother, daughter, friend, an engaging presence, and full of energy and life. To be in her presence is to feel welcomed, loved, accepted, and like you belong. It's to feel like you're home. This makes her classroom special, and it makes knowing her even more impactful. So without further ado, this is the sound of peace. All right, quick production note on this episode. We are recording this live in the school. So there's some kid noise in the background, which is great because this podcast is about a school and it is called The Sound of Peace. And so you will hear the fullness of The Sound of Peace today. All right, let's jump into this interview. When Sarah and I first interviewed you, I remember um, we were in our small front office there, uh, like touching knees, and we had our one kindergarten class going on, and so we're kind of like half keeping an ear out for things going on, and I just remember both Sarah and I were like super impressed by your resume, your experiences, and we were kind of like, this person might be overqualified to be here, Um, but very excited just to work with you, and we knew like this is a person we want to build this school with, so yeah, I would love to just hear what were your first impressions like your first impressions of peace prep <laughs> well let's start with the actual building um what's interesting though was I was actually supposed to interview maybe a few weeks prior to that and I remember um LB had called me and said hey Ben told me that you're supposed to be interviewing he told me to let you know that the school flooded so we're gonna have to reschedule and I was like wow okay <laughs> yes. so anyways fast forward a few weeks um came in and just walked into a class it was maybe three adults in the room, you know, and there were maybe about seven kids. Um, Some of the kids were sitting in the, you know, next to the adult being um, kind of like held in a sense to keep (laughs) them calm. But um, the other kids, you know, everybody seemed pretty attentive. Um, So I would say my first impression was people feel comfortable. You know, everyone was feeling comfortable with one another. Um, And there was a lot of engagement with the students and the actual teacher and the other adults. Um, And so I felt like it was um, a peaceful environment, even though the environment was a little chaotic with the building and, you know, (laughs) some of the structures. It was an interesting little, you know, diamond in the rough type of experience that I, I would say definitely brought me back. To yeah. accept the offer. <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. And so initially you came um, as a classroom assistant. That was the, the role we had available. And so that's where we were like, this person's probably 
not going to do this, but you decided to, and so you were in the first grade classroom. Um, and this is where I just was like really watching you start to shine. And a lot of your role that year was working with either like small groups or one-on-one or just those kids that were like mm-hmm. kind of having a little bit of trouble breaking through them, even though we'd been working with them for about a year already. Um, so yeah, I just want to share you to share about what's it like when you have a kid who it's just taking you a long time to break through and you start to see like those little glimmers or those little flashes and, and they build trust and they gain confidence. What's mm-hmm. that feeling like? Um, I mean, I definitely think it's safe to say that it's magical. Mm. Um, and then it just shows you just how being persistent and available and present, just the benefit of that. And that, I mean, adults, it takes long a long time for us to get certain things and yep. so there's you know there's nothing wrong with that process it's about building up that struggle and building up the confidence and just you know those different dynamics and so for me when i see it in a child i mean i'm like you can do this you can do the next thing and then you can do the next thing and then you can do great big things and so I think it's a a gift that, you know, I get to experience. Like, that's what I love about teaching younger kids and specifically teaching them how to read. It's like when I see that they can get their letter sounds and then they can put sounds together to create words and then sentences, I'm just like, oh, well, we can, you know, we can do all kinds of things with that um, ability. So, yeah, it's it's really it's a really magical, you know experience. Yeah, I love that. I love that word, just magic. And I think that does describe so much of what people feel when they come here. They like walk through and there's just like something in the air about what's possible when Mm -hmm. we start to plant these kinds of seeds. Um, The other thing I admire about your classroom is it always feels like home, either like the essential oils are going (laughs) or the music is going or the light, the the light always matches the mood Mm -hmm. um, just in general, but it just feels like a family. And so, uh, yeah, just talk about how the environment you create in the classroom sets the tone for what you're able to do from an education perspective. Like, yeah. what is the, what are the conditions of the soil to make that magic happen? Um, well, I am a very, um, like, I like things to be aesthetically pleasing, like, you know, things to be kind of organized. And I also like the smell to be good. I like, just, I like those type of moods and that's how I feel most comfortable. So I, you know, assume that the kids would feel that way. Um, I think it helps to create a sense of peace and, you know, in their mind so that they can be open to receive whatever it is that I'm trying to give. It gives them a sense of like, okay, this is a, a calm environment. So they feel safe. Um, but I think just creating a family dynamic, it's, um, like if I feel like there is um, danger or tension or, you know, whatever can be a trigger for a child or, you know, an adult, it's hard for you. Your your defenses are up. So it's hard mm. for you to want to receive and engage. And so I try to create an environment that is comfortable and loving, but also at the same time, like we have structure. And so um, just to help, you know, everybody stay on track. But yeah, I mean... I don't know. I think my environment is important. And I think that if the kids can, you know, experience that consistently, then they begin to, you know, feel like, all right, I'm ready to come in here and see what we're doing today. Or I'm ready to come in here and, you know, what, see what Miss Vance is going to do that's crazy. And, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Well, in all families, we have those family members that are just a little bit resistant, or they maybe like move to the beat of their own drum. We were talking about your children earlier. Um, So I've noticed that even when there's kids who aren't like quite with the program and need some redirection, that you have this, uh, I think you embody like speaking the truth in love. And at the same time, you call them to a standard. Like it's firm, but it's fair. So talk about, yeah, why is it important to keep fighting for those kids that sometimes are resistant or really just take a long time to feel like they're a part of the family. So, yeah, I think it's important to fight for um, the kids that may, you know, be a little bit more challenging to connect with because they're, they're humans. Like they Mm. should have the right to be fought for. Um, I think that allowing each individual child to feel dignified is just a normal thing. It shouldn't be anything special. And so for me, Um, I'm like, okay, you were a whole child that was born and, you know, hopefully someone cared for you throughout those beginning stages. And so I'm just here to continue that process. And so Mm. who am I to not continue that process or enhance that process? Like I need to love on you and challenge you and encourage you and, you know, let you know that you have something special or a lot of things special. Like I need to be that, you know, stepping stone for you to continue on being a successful adult. So, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. No, sit. Oh, um, you talking to me? Roll over. Hey. All right, let's go back in time before peace prep. Vanja Thompson, school bus driver. <laughs> Vanja <laughs> Thompson, driver. interventionist um, okay. in another school. And then even Vanja Thompson, parent. Um, okay. You just have this diverse experience set with kids. Um, so why teaching for you um, in, yeah. a, in the traditional being in the classroom sense? Because you're a teacher in all those roles. Yeah. But like, why teaching? It's funny. Like, I never, you know, growing up, I was never, I want to be a teacher. I did say I wanted to be a pediatrician, but then I took biology classes in college and was like, eh, psych-alike. <laughs> too but much. No, yeah, too much. Um, so teaching wasn't even put on my radar until I um, started volunteering at my children's school when they were, you know, in early elementary. And I was connecting with one of my um friends who taught at the school and she was just like, why don't you start, you know, thinking about subbing here, just you're already up here. Why don't you get paid for it? And so I started doing that and then it just clicked. It just made sense. But before it made sense to me, I had so many people that I was subbing with that was like, you must have taught before Mm -hmm. or why aren't you like working as a teacher? And so it just gave me a little sense of, um, it shed light on a gift or just a passion that I had that I didn't know that I actually had. Um, and so once I began to pursue, you know, engaging students and, you know, working in a school and teaching in a classroom, it just became something that I, you know, wouldn't have changed. Like, yeah. this is, it feels right. Yeah. And I think it, just watching you, it's just very clear that it's like who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what... I think is one of the best things about what I get to do on a daily basis is just watch people live out the purpose God has for them. And that's magic in Mm -hmm. and of itself. Like that's what creates that environment that people just know, okay, everybody in here is doing what they're supposed to be doing and it just works. And And it's like, this is how God designed it. And that's really cool. Um, We'll talk about favorite teachers or memorable mentors. Like who are some of the people that shaped you um, and gave you those kind of key lessons that you hope 
you're passing on in a sense? Um, definitely my favorite teacher was my kindergarten teacher. Her name was Mrs. Cruz, and she was like, you know, everybody's mother in the classroom. And I have memories of just being happy in her classroom. Yeah. <laughs> and so she was my favorite teacher. But um, as far as mentor teachers, when, so when I first started teaching, I was in um, Memphis, Tennessee at a school called New Hope Christian Academy. And um, my first year full time, I was a um, learning specialist and I was working with a teacher named Miss Clark or Mrs. Clark. And the way that she was able to like create structure, but then be fun, but then show love and then encourage and like meet each student where they were and challenge them a little bit further than what they felt like they can do. Like she just had this mixture of. I don't know. It was, I just was always amazed. And so I, I don't know if she, well, I've told her, I was like, I don't know if you know, but you're my mentor teacher. And I tell her that like now, um, every once in a while I text her and be like, what do you think about this? Or this is something I'm thinking about. Um, and she's very available. And so I love that about her, but yeah, I just would watch her and take mental notes. And so once I started my own class, like once I started leading my own classroom, I found myself doing a lot of the things that she, you know, would do. Mm. Um, and so that's, you know, has been a, a great help, but I think even present day with the teachers that I'm around, everybody has their own, um, style, unique style of engaging students and teaching and creating, you know, um, ways to make the content come to life. Um, just collabing with my coworkers is also a gift. Like I'm able to learn and, um, steal their ideas and, yeah. you know, use them as my own. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, the, we're going to jump back ahead um, and back uh, back and forward. But I remember a time uh, during your first year as a classroom assistant here where we opened up a teaching position and we just started mm-hmm. talking about, you know, the, gr- the growth of the school. <laughs> um, and you were kind of on the fence. You were like, yeah, oh, I was like, I don't uh, know. we're going to have you teach the first grade class. And I'm like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So you were like, I don't know. But ultimately, you know, I think I hope that me and Sarah and others were those same voices yeah. you're talking about who were mm-hmm. like, no, you, this is what you do. Like, yeah. even in your interview, um, when you came in and taught a lesson, I remember, I still remember it with the frog uh, <laughs> and the long tongue no and way. The, on the cardboard thing you had it was just like this person's clearly a teacher so um so yeah but I'm sure there have been moments along the way that were like hard lessons or like the not beautiful stuff that people don't usually talk about and I think the human experience is all that stuff so Mm -hmm. what are the like hard difficult things that you've had to grapple with in this role honestly myself like Mm. getting over my own insecurities um I, you know, struggle with not feeling equipped or feeling, um, you know, uh, prepared, not prepared, equipped, or like I have the tools and the ability to do the thing that I'm supposed to do. Um, Because, you know, I'm comparing myself to like the best teachers or the best whatever. And so I'm like, I'm not them and I don't know. And, you know, are just failing or making mistakes, which are all things that are part of learning and growing and becoming who you desire to be. But I think... Failing and not just failing, but people noticing that I'm failing mm. <laughs> and then being criticized. Um, but, you know, if it's constructive criticism, then it can be just another you know way to challenge me. But I think that was the hardest thing um, was just the fear of failing and not being enough, not being good enough or disappointing, you know, yeah. people or, you know, because I do. And it's it is crazy 
random, but it's crazy because I remember when I first got hired um, when I was working in Memphis and one of, I would have so many people like, oh my goodness, because I went from being a stay-at-home mom for seven years to working full-time. And everybody was like, oh my goodness, man, you're going to be so great. It's going to be great. You're natural. It's just all these great <laughs> things. And I'm like, I don't know what you see in me, but when I look at myself, I don't see those things. And it wasn't until one lady said that I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to work through you in mm. this situation and give you what you need. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like that was actually what gave me yeah. the confidence or the peace because it wasn't in what I was capable of doing because I didn't have a bunch of experience and yeah. you know I didn't go to school for this and so I was like I don't have these tools y'all are talking about but when she said I believe the Holy Spirit like God is going to work something in you and he's mm-hmm. going to prepare you for this and I was like okay something bigger than me is yeah. going to prepare me for it so that's what I rest in um in just any season of you know teaching is like okay the lord is gonna because i'm definitely a different person than i was years ago so i see the work that he's doing in me um so yeah that's so good and Mm -hmm. so important because i think the uh, the fact the interesting thing about the way this works all together and it's very circular Mm -hmm. is that you know we're talking about how you create that sense of belonging for others Mm -hmm. and there's people who have created that sense of belonging for you right and i i say this a lot like we can't give what we don't have. Yeah. And so I think it's just cool to see the way the Lord's worked in your life to prepare you to then give that away because yeah. you've experienced it and it's real and it's authentic. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm making you feel like you're at home because I've been made to yeah, feel that way. Um, and I think that's just, yeah, that's a gift. Let's talk parenting, so not the same as teaching, um, but (laughs) I've known you a little bit in both environments. Um, What are some of the crossovers you think that just parenting has helped you prepare for when it comes to teaching? Parenting is hard. I mean, somebody (laughs) should have told me this a long time ago, but, um, you know, um, we've dealt with it a few different seasons. Our oldest is 17, um, and then our youngest is 11. And so, I mean, we're past the stage of what the kids that I, you know, teach. But I think the biggest thing that I've learned thus far in parenting is the significance of not trying to modify my um, children's behavior, but mm. actually, like, engage them in, in a way that speaks to them and helps them to develop who they are as a person. And yeah. so... Like, have reasons why you feel this way or be able to explain why you feel this way and why, you know, what made you feel this way. And, like, not trying to say, don't feel this way and don't do this and then life will be good. Like, actually talking through how they feel, why they feel, what did they experience, what they think. Um, And I think for me, that's, you know, been one of the biggest things. Um, And so transferring that into my students, even though I have a a shorter amount of time with the students, I think helping ask like I ask a lot of questions to my students about just why they did something I'm like so Mm. what why were you why did you do that what made you do that what were you thinking and it's not like I'm not trying to be like why would you do that you're crazy (laughs) what would you you know I'm like seriously like tell me what made you do that and yeah how are you feeling like so engaging them in more of an emotional way um and more like mentally like thinking their thought process so I can you know go from there yeah, so, that's yeah. really good. And I think the word that I 
think about as like empowering. Like mm-hmm. you're extremely empowering okay. both with someone's like emotion and with their intellect. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're almost like turning that key for them by pointing out like, no, you can do this, yes. right? Or by asking that question, mm-hmm. it's like opening a door for someone. Yeah. Like, oh, what's in there? Let's yeah. go explore. And mm-hmm. so as a parent, like I've watched you just be really empowering with your kids and also have like some of these conversations around emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and maturity. Um, so yeah, I think, it, I think it would be cool just to talk more about like how you're preparing your kids to take those next steps as somebody who you're ahead of me in parenting and Mm -hmm. ahead of probably some people who are listening to this like you've got a kid getting ready to go to college soon which is crazy or be an entrepreneur or whatever she wants (laughs) to do like she's about to be finished with high school but yeah Yeah. like yeah just talk more about like what have you been saying to her in these days um Mm -hmm. because I think that would just be helpful for people um so I think for her um I want her like what the way that I begin to like challenge her is I want you to think about what it is you believe about the choice that you made Mm. and you know don't just do something because you think you're going to get my approval or disapproval it's like I want you to know why you're doing it if you can't really explain why you're doing it then maybe you should go back to the drawing board and figure out what it is you believe about it because whatever Mm. you believe about something is going to be the reason why and so just helping her not um, be so dependent on what other people believe Mm. Um, and then be able to explain why you believe that, you know, and you may not be able to explain all the intricacies of it, but you'll be able to start that journey. So you have a foundation and you're not just being blown by the wind. Um, but even like for my students, like if a student says something is too hard and I'm like, well, I've actually seen you do this in so many other ways. You know, why are you thinking this too hard? And it's okay for it to be hard, but I want you to know that hard things can help you grow. And, you know, so like breaking things down and -hmm. not just saying do this or be this, but breaking it down to a point to where it's like, okay, I can understand why I'm choosing to do this or why I'm saying this, you know? That's really helpful. So I think um, all of what you're saying just reminds me that like, even though the production of of something is not the goal, right? Mm -hmm. What we're doing does produce something. And so I would love to just hear you share about, like, what are your hopes and what are your dreams for your own kids, for the kids you teach? Like, yeah, when you you (laughs) dream about them, what, yeah, what are you hoping? I mean, I just, honestly, for my kids, my personal kids, And I tell them this, like, I just want you to be a healthy whole person. And it's interesting because when I think about my life, I didn't begin to make those steps, I don't think, until, you know, my adulthood, you know, my early 30s, mid 30s. Um, And so I'm like, we're giving you game before, Mm -hmm. you know. They put you on. Yeah, we're putting you on way (laughs) at the beginning of this. Like, please listen. Um, So, yeah, I just want my children to be a healthy, like emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, like in, and whatever that means for them in the way that will produce more healthy. So like the people that you're around, they'll see, oh, you're not playing. Like you really thought through this and you are confident about it. And it's like producing health and peace in your life, you know? And so that is something that I desire for my kids overall. Like, obviously, I want them to, you know, be successful and whatever so they can buy me cars and houses and all those things. But, no, I do want them to be just a healthy individual. 
Um, and I would say the same for my kids. Like I want them to be able to look back and say, okay, I, you know, gained confidence or I, um, know, knew that I was capable of doing hard things or that I was supported and that there are people out there that care about me that want me to be great. Like I want my students to be able to, you know, look back and say that, um, about their experiences, you know, for the nine months that we're together how long 10 yeah, months something like that it goes know, so 180 fast. days 180 days <laughs> no pressure yeah so um but yeah just feeling empowered and self just having that self uh worth and value and just feeling significant like they are important yeah that's so good well i i would just would say the holy spirit is doing that work in you and in your classroom and in your kids and i think you know for our listeners i would just say be reminded um of god's heart for unity for family for relationships because mm-hmm. that's what i see when i watch your classroom i see god's heart for transformation and i think your work and all of the teachers here at peace is one thing that makes me hopeful mm-hmm. about the world that we live in so the encouragement uh, to you van to those listening to myself is through all the chaos and confusion of our world, through all of its darkness and pain, um, look for the voices, listen for the voices like Vanja's that remind you of God's voice, one that says welcome, one that says you belong, and the one that calls you home. Amen. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Sound of Peace. For more information on Peace Preparatory Academy, you can find us at www.peaceprep.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more episodes of this podcast, find us wherever you listen to podcasts at The Sound of Peace.